Stand Up For The Truth is sponsored by Lakeshore Communications Incorporated and made possible by your generous tax-deductible donations at StandUpForTheTruth.com slash donate. This is Stand Up For The Truth, a packed hour of challenging discussion addressing important issues and topics affecting Christians across the nation. Join the conversation via email at comments at StandUpForTheTruth.com. Now, David Fiorazzo. Good morning, brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank you so much for tuning in. Merry Christmas season to you guys. Uh, thank you so much for your support. I'm going to run down the candidates for the best podcast of 2021 on Stand Up For The Truth, or I've been getting a lot of, uh, these are my favorites. In other words, they're not narrowing it down to just one, which is still helpful to hear what you like. So I'll be rattling down that list, and uh, today's guest, Alex Newman, is on that list. Um, We're also going to be talking about three important uh, topics today, possibly four, if you uh, discuss the media and and their effect on influencing public opinion and making news instead of reporting news. But uh, Alex Newman wrote a great article over at The New American. It's a brand new one called uh, The UNCOP26, Boosting China and Advancing a Globalist Lockdown. We're going to talk about that, and he's going to answer the question— Does it make sense to decimate the U.S. economy while boosting China? So we're also going to talk about something we very rarely touch on on this podcast, but an article that or or a video that he's been doing part three. He's done on transhumanism. We don't hear a lot about it, but I have a feeling after seeing what he shared in his report um, over at The New American, I think we're going to be hearing more and more about this. And there's already propaganda uh, convincing the world, especially young people, that this is the way to go and their parents just don't get it, right? So let's bring in today's guest, Alex Newman. We've had him on uh, several times, many times, actually. He's an award-winning journalist, educator, author, and consultant. And he's got many books out. I want to just want to mention uh, Crimes of the Educators, How Utopians Are Using the Government Schools to destroy America's children. But he's a writer for Freedom Project Media, The Newman Report, um, also The New American Magazine, and The Epic Times, plus World Net Daily and many others. Alex, welcome back to Stand Up For The Truth. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to be with you, brother. Great to be with you. What have you been doing in the last several months since we talked last? I know you travel, you speak a lot. I know you interviewed Mike Church, which was fun, kind of a fun little interview for you recently. So give us a little update. Uh, well, yeah, thank you so much for having me on the program. It's an honor to be with you. And uh, the last few months, well, you know, I haven't left the country since COVID started, which is uh, very unusual for me. I've been overseas virtually my entire life since I was a tiny little kid. Um, so I've had to cancel all my international trips as a result of uh, not the COVID. The COVID doesn't concern me at all. Literally, you know, an ant walking on the floor is more concerning to me than the COVID. But uh, really, the government's response is what's so concerning. I don't want to get stuck in some uh, quarantine center, or, mm-hmm. you know, who knows, to try to make you to take one of these uh, injections to be able to cross a border or get out of the quarantine. So uh, so that's been uh, all domestic, but still been doing my thing, traveling across the country, uh, doing my best to give people uh, truth that is important yes. for them to make sensible decisions. And uh, I haven't been writing as much as I would like to, but been doing a lot of interviews lately. I had some really great guests like uh, Ben Carson, Sidney Powell, Dr. David Martin, people like that uh, just over the last Excellent. couple of months or so. So, 
Excellent. Well, there's so much that you do that uh, that for, for all your different outlets, and uh, you're an incredibly informative guest, and that's why you made this list, and I've got to get this out of the way and let people know that there's still time to vote for their top podcasts on this program, Stand Up For The Truth, this year. Uh, Andy Woods, Jan Markell, J.B. Hickson, Dr. Erwin Lutzer, Mike Lindell, Todd Friel, Dr. Lee Merritt, Alex Newman, John Leffler, Trevor Loudon, Jay Warner Wallace, Pastor Tim Stevens, James Simpson, Carrie Gordon, and Pastor Steve Smotherman. Those are some of the top ones we've got um, votes on. We need you guys to let us know at comments at standupforthetruth.com. We will announce the results next week. Comments at standupforthetruth.com, your favorite podcast of 2021 or I'll open it up to your favorite guests that we've had on in the last year or so. So, Alex, I I haven't had the chance to really dive into this with other guests because the topics were all very different. We had a pastor on yesterday who almost died of COVID, so we talked a lot about health things. And earlier in the week, we had uh, David A.R. White, God's Not Dead, We the People, talked about that, Christian entertainment. But this one is a very interesting one, Jesse Smollett's Race Hoax. The court case is done. It took a couple years. And my point to the people is always people generally believe what they hear reported first. First of all, would you agree with that? And then I'd love to get your take on the the damage that that was done. Fake hate crimes. Share your thoughts on that. Well, thank you. And I think it's a sign of the times that so many um, prominent individuals were willing to uh, believe this without question. Yes. Uh, and, and I think part of it is a function of, you know, at, at some point, these people start believing their own propaganda. You know, they, they're sitting there for, for years on end trying to tell Americans that America is this horrible, racist place and uh, that people are just out to get uh, minorities and stuff. And of course, that's not true. Um, you know, that that is not uh, at all an honest reflection of the United States. But uh, at some point, these people, I think a lot of them live in this little bubble that they try to create. And if you're in New York City or Los Angeles or Washington, D.C., and you don't get out to normal, real America, um, and, and all you do is watch TV and hang around uh, political people and media people, uh, it's easy to start believing this propaganda, start mm-hmm. believing the lies. But I, I think it should be a valuable lesson to everybody. We've had so many of these fake hate crimes. And why do they need to keep making fake hate crimes if America is really such a horrible place? You'd think they'd be everywhere, but they're not. And so they need to make up fake ones. Uh, absolutely disgraceful for the media. I'm still waiting for apologies. Uh, you know, yes. the Obamas and Nancy Pelosi, uh, the fake media. But I, I, I won't hold my breath waiting because I know they're not going to come. No, even Joe Biden and Kamala Harris even jumped on that, you know, denouncing hate and and uh, uh, discrimination. And for those of you that don't know the details, Jesse Smollett, he was on some, I don't know, some show, Empire or something like that. I guess it's a TV series or was. Um, he was on there as an actor. He's gay. He's black. Uh, so he had that going for him. And then he decided, hey, I'm going to make myself a victim and I'm going to really take advantage of the Black Lives Matter Global Network Foundation uh, Marxist driven movement. And there we go. The media jumped on that. It was like low hanging fruit to the global socialist media. Right, Alex? <laughs> That's exactly what it was. Uh, and, you know, that, that's what they're looking for. And, and again, it's, it's a sign of the times that people think that the way to get respect, the way to get attention is to be a victim. It's pathetic. You know, there was a time in America where the way to uh, to get attention and to 
uh, get yourself in the media was to do something great, invent something incredible, build a great company, uh, you know, do something amazing, uh, beat a record, uh, you know, do something that hasn't been done before. Now the way to get attention is to say, oh, I'm a victim. Everybody look at me. Boo hoo hoo. Uh, feel bad for me. Give me special privileges. Uh, it's pathetic. And, and I don't think a, a society, a civilization can survive for very long. When um, you know this is what people feel they need to do to get attention and respect. Yes, it's a sad reflection of what they have been planting seeds uh, of for decades now. That, like you said, America is an evil nation. We were racist at our core, and we're just bad people. And the white man is the problem. Um, and their kids are being taught this. I don't think enough people realize this. And we'll talk about the public schools a little later on, Alex. But Clay Travis once said in 2019, the demand for racist hate far exceeds the supply of any racist hate incidents. Because of this, we're seeing one racial hoax charade after another. And I'll just let you guys know that there is a website, (laughs) believe it or not. It's called fakehatecrimes.org. Fakehatecrimes.org. Okay, Alex, on to the next topic. And um, so many to go with, but since we brought up education, we are going to get to the U.N., climate summit and talk about what's going on with the Biden administration and China and uh, just the the odd relationship there with communist China and how they're certainly uh, touting green policies, but China certainly is not green. Um, But schools have given children COVID injections without parental consent. We've heard these stories. You've been probably one of the people to break some of these stories. But our audience needs to hear, particularly Christian parents with kids in public schools, um, could it happen across the country? I mean, this has happened in many parts already, many states. Tell us about what you know about these COVID injections. First of all, I've heard about the incentives, pizza or whatever, for the kids to get COVID, but they're doing this without parental consent? They are, yeah. There's a lot of places, believe it or not, David, where this is even legal. Um, where, where children are allowed to go get themselves an injection without their parents' consent. Uh, places like Oregon, uh, to their credit, uh, legislators in North Carolina <coughs> uh, quickly fixed that problem because uh, children could go get themselves COVID shots in North Carolina <coughs> until, um, until the legislature passed a law uh, changing that just a, a few months ago, actually. So uh, very troubling. Uh, we have uh, places where children are being bribed, to take these injections in New York City, they're offering the children $100 if they'll take these injections. And technically, in New York, they, they need parental consent, but uh, they're, they're allowed to offer that over the phone. They're allowed to just fill out uh, you know, a form and bring that to school. And so you have all these kids who've been stewing in this godless, uh, amoral muck called the government school system where they're taught that there really is no such thing as right and wrong. It's just a function of culture. There are different shades of gray. Uh, lying is fine if it's for the greater good. You know, things like this. And they say, oh, $100? And all I have to do is forge mom's signature? All I have to do is uh, have my big brother or, or my, my older friend who's got a deeper voice pretend to be my dad? Uh, man, I'll take that. How many kids do you think right now have, have forged their parents' signature for $100 to get a COVID shot. I guarantee you the number's huge. Wow. Uh, we have multiple cases, David, where they didn't even have a signature. They just injected the kids. Uh, we've got some in California where uh, the children were told not to tell their parents so that the schools and the nurses who gave these shots wouldn't get in trouble. Uh, we've got a case in Louisiana where a kid handed in a, a permission slip with no signature, and they gave him the injection. So there's a lawsuit going on about that. Uh, we now have multiple states where they've mandated these things. So 
parents will either give their consent or take their children out of government schools. And I say, praise God, that's what, exactly what we need. Mm. But, uh, folks, this is an atrocity yes. being perpetrated against our children right now. Um, you know, Robert Malone, the guy who invented this mRNA technology, just came out uh, a, a couple of days ago and said, parents, you must protect your children from these injections. Uh, the, the consequences will be irreversible and very likely catastrophic. And yet, um, you know, the fake media is not telling people this. So this is a crisis, I think. And uh, I've talked to so many doctors, so many experts, David, who are warning that uh, we're going to see a a human catastrophe as a result of these injections that uh, I just I can't imagine what parents are thinking, putting their kids in danger like this. Wow. Um, The article is over at freedomproject.com. The Newman report, it's called Schools Gave Children COVID Injections Without Parental Consent. And uh, Alex, it's it's scary stuff. Can I ask you this? I'm going to anyway. 50 years ago, let's just be even more dramatic. 75 years ago. No, let's take it up a notch. 100 years ago. No, okay, let's go back to 75. <laughs> How do you think parents or American citizens or Christians would have reacted to this kind of thing going on with their children in the school system? Well, I, I would like to think that Americans would not have tried. In fact, it wouldn't have even been tried because the people who would have tried such a thing would know that they'd be tarred, feathered, probably jailed. And, uh, you know, if the sheriff didn't arrest them, the citizens would form a posse. Right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, this would not go over well, uh, injecting experimental substances into children without their parents' consent. I just can't imagine that that even would have been um, conceivable back then. Well, we're seeing... And it, it, I know a lot of people, it's kind of redundant to some of our listeners because they are generally informed. And, but this is your job. This is my job to continue to share what's going on, to try to keep up. We, you can't possibly keep up with everything and every new development, every new detail. But these are important stories. And there's some other stories on how, um, and this is going to eventually transition to this transhumanism article, because the, there's an article here I have. The National School Board Association is suffering critical losses after likening parents to domestic terrorists. This came out just a few days ago. Um, And Alex, you know, they're they're trying to separate kids from their families. They want to extend the school day. They want to keep kids away from their parents as long as possible, especially if they're Christians or conservatives or you know what I mean. So share your thoughts on this, how this is a National School Board Association. Of course, the NEA has its policies but it's all part of this plan that we have taken so long to believe it's actually happening. Yeah, well, I'm very pleased with what's happened with the National School Board Association. Um, I'll be surprised if they can ever recover from this mess that they stepped in. Uh, For those who don't remember, they sent this letter to the Biden administration uh, asking them to please treat uh, these parents as domestic terrorists Mm -hmm. and hate criminals. Um, and, And it was kind of ironic. They gave some examples of how uh, these evil terrorist parents were harassing them. And that when you look at them, you're like, oh, uh, he called you a Nazi. And, and you think we need to arrest him under terrorism legislation for calling you a Nazi? Uh, that's interesting. Uh, or, you know, I, I think the closest one they got to anything remotely resembling a crime was a guy who was arrested for disorderly conduct. Uh, at a school board meeting in Virginia. And then upon closer investigation, turns out the guy who was arrested for disorderly conduct was a little bit upset that his little daughter had been sodomized in a bathroom by a boy pretending to be a girl. And he was trying to make the school board aware. The school board didn't want anybody to be aware. And so they ordered the police to arrest him. Hmm. So uh, this was the example they used of, of parents 
who needed to be uh, targeted by the feds as terrorists. So I think they've lost uh, 14 state uh, school board associations have now left. Uh, many more have uh, defunded or have put out statements saying that uh, they do not approve of this. Uh, so that's good. But you know, even if we could get rid of the National School Boards Association, which would be a good development, I tell people the education establishment is a trillion dollar a year hydra with multiple tentacles. And you could chop off three of those tentacles. You could chop off the school, the, the unions. You could chop off the school board associations. You could even chop off the U.S. Department of Education. And this horrific monster would still mm. be devouring your children. Uh, there, there's no safe way to put it. And, and people get fixated on one thing. Oh, if we could just get rid of the NEA, if we could just get rid of the U.S. Department of Education. <laughs> I'm sorry, folks, but no. Okay. The, the monster is not going away just no. because you chop off one tentacle. Yeah, exactly. Um, so that kind of brings us to this next article, Alex, and what's happening in the schools. And again, parents are typically not aware of this, but this is something that I, I watched this part three of this series this morning over at The New American. Um, that you did targeting children with propaganda and tech and it's transhumanism part three. Now we'll get into this. We'll pick it up after the break. We've got three minutes left in this segment. Uh, Deep state advocates of transhumanism are targeting children and young people with propaganda through entertainment and education. Now you warn people in this video and I'm just reading part of the description. Children are being subjected to all sorts of intrusive technological schemes in schools that monitor their brain activity and promote transhumanist ideas. Can you share with us a little bit more to just give us a little teaser before we get into this more fully after the break, Alex? Yeah, happy to, David. So there is a a diabolical movement right now that imagines that humans are going to become gods, that we are building God, that we're going to have eternal life by uploading our brains and our consciousness to uh, supercomputers. Um, This is a real movement. It's got incredibly powerful backers. And uh, they are not messing around. And they know they're not going to get most of us. You know, the millennials and up are probably uh, a lost cause for these people. But they are right now targeting children to, uh, to with this transhumanist propaganda. So I look forward to talking about it on the other side of the break. But, folks, this is uh, an incredibly dangerous movement. It's diabolical. Uh, and they are targeting your children right now through entertainment, through the schools, and much more. Yeah, let's let's just give out this little piece of information that I don't think people would be surprised about. The fact that um, they're making sitcoms have done this for decades. They make parents look like they're out of touch. They don't get it. Kids are the smart ones. Right. And so kids and technology, they're using that and kids reliance on everything from the iPhone to computers to tech to show parents as they just are old-fashioned, they uh, fundamental, whatever, however you want to describe them. And, of course, they've done with this especially with dads on sitcoms. Dads are unnecessary, irrelevant, uh, idiotic, so the mom's always the hero. But in this case, when we're talking about transhumanism and the education aspect of it, what they're doing in trying to bring in young people, Alex does a brilliant job in this series. And, again, I... I highly encourage you, I linked up part three to today's podcast post post on transhumanism, but it's called Targeting Children with Propaganda and Tech. And so when we come back from our break, more with Alex Newman. Again, he writes for Freedom Project, uh, the the Newman Report. Also, um, he's with uh, Epic Times, the New American Magazine, and Liberty Sentinel. We've got so much more coming up, and we will eventually get to the United Nations Climate Summit 
the Biden administration and communist China. Could there be a tie there? So much more next on Stand Up For The Truth. Your monthly financial support of StandUpForTheTruth.com is needed and appreciated. Now, back to today's Stand Up For The Truth with David Fiorazzo. I don't know if you guys remember the cartoon The Jetsons in the 60s and 70s, but if you remember The Jetsons, they had this technology, and this is the imagination of man that came up with this, and you can actually see the person you're talking on the phone or communicating with. This was before computers. This was before iPhones. This was before video technology. And here, decades and decades ago, they had this in a cartoon. And we've seen a lot of this in cartoons or in movies in Hollywood. And now here we are today with the imagination of man and the pursuit of technology and knowledge And now the subject, we're talking about transhumanism, not as some sci-fi thing that is is unrealistic, but this is something they're working on, and there is literal propaganda being sent out trying to reach kids. Alex Newman just did an article, actually did a three-part series on this, and we'll link to it at StandUpForTheTruth.com in today's podcast post. Alex, bring us into this idea, this uh, subject of transhumanism. And uh, just try to go back to the basics for most of us who really don't know this is available, or this is happening. Well, thank you, David. And so this has actually been something that um, mankind has dreamed about forever, right? Uh, becoming gods. I mean, if you go back far enough, you get to the garden and you have the, the serpent saying, <laughs> oh, you know, you can't really say he just doesn't want you to be like God. He just knows that if you eat that and disobey him, then you could be like little gods yourselves, right? You'll know <laughs> good and evil. Uh, this is really the same lie. And if you look at the biggest proponents of this transhumanist agenda, there's one guy uh, in Israel, a, a homosexual activist called uh, Yuval Harari. Um, and he's really big with the global elites. You know, he, he shows up at the World Economic Forum and Angela Merkel and Barack Obama peddle his books. Uh, you know, he's, he's big with the global elites and, mm. and he is a proponent of this idea. And uh, his book on this is called Homo Deus, uh, not a homosexual god, but a, uh, a man god, right? Homo is in Homo sapiens. Uh, so Homo man deus god and what he argues is that people are becoming gods or are going to become gods by upgrading themselves um and so he talks about uh technological implants that we're going to be putting into ourselves chips that we're going to be putting into our brains that will uh increase the function of our brain that will connect us to supercomputers that will be able to do part of our thinking for us um he talks about synthetic biology and being able to improve our genetic code, right? God didn't know what he was doing when he wrote our DNA. We're going to improve upon what God did because we're just that smart. We're human gods. We're man gods. Uh, so this is what these people believe. Um, you know, some of the big wigs in this field, uh, people like Ray Kurzweil, the chief of engineering for Google, uh, has said this openly. Uh, you know, he's, he's got a documentary he did where he says, you know, people ask me if there is a God, uh, and I tell them, not yet. We're building him, right? Um, uh. We've got a church of the AI out in California where if you look at their incorporation papers, they say that uh, we are building uh, a God that should be worshipped properly uh, through this um, technology. So this is what they're about, David. And um, in this series that I'm doing, it's, it's going to end up being a lot more than three parts. It'll probably <laughs> end up being five or maybe even six. But I try to break this down. And what I do is I bring the receipts, I bring the proof, David, because I don't want anybody to just believe me. Uh, you can go watch these videos, and you can see that I'm showing you 
uh, very significant people talking about this just in, in situations where they don't think regular people are watching. Mm, wow. And uh, this is actually happening now. At, to what degree or to what level, Alex, are you aware of that they're trying to just slip some of this into the public schools? Well, it, it is, and it already has been in the public schools for a long time. Um, in what a lot form? Of the action, well, in, in terms of um, getting children to become really not just reliant on technology, but dependent on technology. Okay. Uh, a, a lot of these attitudes actually permeate the education establishment. I mean, you, you'll hear these people with PhDs in education from prestigious universities saying, we don't need to teach knowledge anymore, right? The kids have access to Google now. And so, uh, you know, they don't need to know anything because if they need to know anything, they can just type it into their smartphone. And, uh, you know, soon enough, we'll be able to uh, access it without even having to type it into our smartphone. But uh, if you look at the technologies that are being deployed now uh, in the United States and in other places, especially China, uh, what you'll see is that they are already starting this. Uh, they've got schools in China now where children have to wear uh, brain monitoring headbands that uh, tell the teacher whether they're focusing, whether they're paying attention, things like this. Uh, and this is just the beginning. I've got reports from the U.S. Department of Education where they talk about some of the technologies that they're using now that uh, you connect to the child, monitor their blood rate, monitor their facial expressions with a certain camera. Uh, and they admit in these reports that the reason they're gathering all this data is because they're going to be able to predict the future behavior and interests of children. So it's, um, you know, when you take it all together, what you realize is that these people are building something that is unprecedented in human history and that is absolutely diabolical to the max. And, and again, I can't encourage people enough to go watch these videos because I realize if you're just listening to this now and this is the first time you've heard this, it probably sounds crazy. Uh, and I want to acknowledge that. But <laughs> the proof is there. You don't have to believe what I'm saying. A lot of you don't even know who I am. So go watch and you'll find people like Elon Musk. You'll find people like Ray Kurzweil. You'll find people like Yuval Harari. You'll find... Uh, uh, you know, people like uh, Elon Musk, the, the billionaire, openly talking about these technologies and, and showing you how they work. So, Alex, I, I know I don't want you to give it all away. <laughs> um, and I do want people to watch this video. It's only 17 minutes, this part three. Um, and it's in the behind the deep state with Alex Newman. But explain what this young girl te looks like a teenage girl is trying to communicate with her parents. Maybe she's in her early 20s, but it could be late teens. And she's got these things wired to her hands, and, and she's talking to them about this new technology that the parents obviously, I don't know if they're, they must be actors, right? But they don't, they just don't get it. They're looking at this stuff and go, how in the world does that work? Kind of set that up for us and, and share a couple of the things that she's kind of touting of, about transhumanism. Yeah, so this is a, a, a program produced by the BBC, which is the British government's dishonest uh, propaganda service. Uh, you know, they're, they're best known for fake news, yes. but uh, they also do, quote-unquote, entertainment, or at least built, uh, disguised as entertainment. And uh, this is one example of that. It's a show targeting young people. And um, I encourage people to watch the clips that we chose from here, because what's happening in this show is this uh, young girl, uh, I think she's supposed to be in high school in the movie, um, she's, she is basically becoming transhuman. And so uh, first she's you know, upgrading herself with this technology. She gets a microchip installed in her brain. Uh, she gets smartphone uh, cameras installed in her eyes. 
she gets the, the microphone and the speakers installed in her fingers. And so she essentially merges with a computer. Um, and, and there's one scene that we have in the, in the episode where uh, she's laying in a hospital bed after getting these procedures done. And her parents come in and she's showing it off. Um, and, and she admits that this microchip can now read her thoughts and, and can write on her brain. Um, there's another clip where she tells her parents, uh, you know, I, I don't want to live anymore. Um, there's a place in Switzerland where I can go where they're going to upload my brain to uh, to the cloud, to the supercomputer system, and I'll be able to live forever as data. Uh, she says, I don't want to live in this body anymore. And so what happens after they upload my consciousness is they'll take my body and turn it into fertilizer or whatever um, to, um, to compost it. And uh, I mean, th- this is the kind of stuff that they're grooming children for, right? We've had predictive programming going on for generations now where they, they market this stuff first in Hollywood propaganda or BBC propaganda uh, ahead of the actual rollout for public consumption. Uh, and I'm convinced that's what we're seeing right now. And some one of the selling points has to be not only obviously kids are reliant and dependent on technology, but convenience. I mean, when it, she's in that video, she said, you just, you know, when I want to buy something, I'll just swipe my, my finger, my hand over whatever, you know, pay thing they have set up wherever she goes. That's, that's something that kids go, wow, convenient. And, and parents or, or us, we're looking at that and going, oh, no, 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 no. I mean, it's not the mark of the beast, but we see these uh, almost prophetic implications here, don't we? Yeah. And, and, you know, once you, start looking into this so you can see very clearly the the possibilities and you can see that uh, it would be very easy and very logical for this to fit into some of what's described in the bible some of the things that um you know maybe 20 40 80 years ago might not have made much sense to uh, to our little pea brains uh, you see this technology that's coming and you say wow um, you know, and, and uh, the other side, and by the other side, I mean Satanists and uh, haters of God, uh, they've been on this bandwagon for a long time. You know, one of the things that uh, I've focused in on uh, is the UN's role in education. Mm-hmm. And uh, the guy who wrote the UN's World Core Curriculum, a very, very creepy individual, uh, he once claimed publicly that the United Nations was the body of Christ. And I, I think that gives you a good, uh, gives some good insight into the ideology and the religion of these people. But um, he wrote the World Core Curriculum, said the you know, UN has it all over the place. They say it should be taught in every school in the world. Uh, and in the foreword to his uh, teacher's manual for this monstrosity, uh, he credits Alice Bailey as the inspiration. He, oh, my he goodness. The, this whole curriculum was modeled on Alice Bailey and what she taught. Um, and, and also she cites uh, the Tibetan, uh, Javal Kuhl. And as you look into Alice Bailey, you say, first of all, okay, well, this lady was the founder of the Lucifer Publishing Company. Uh, she was a disciple of Helena Blavatsky, who thought Lucifer was uh, the, the liberator, right, who came to liberate us from this oppressive god, uh, Jehovah or Yahweh. And, um, and then you go read Alice Bailey's books, right? She's got one called um, The Education in the New Age. And, uh, and I've got a copy of this book. It's uh, incredibly interesting and very diabolical. But she claims she's communicating with these spiritual entities, which, you know, she calls them ascended masters. We as Christians know she's talking about demons. Uh, and they revealed to her that we were heading toward a one world government with what is described in the book as a world brain. Mm. Uh, this is 100 years ago. Wow. You know, where did she get this idea that we're going to head to a world brain? Well, now you see Google and you see the transhumanism and you say, oh, my goodness, this is crazy. Wow. What's fascinating, Alex, is it's almost this worldview. There's a connection. 
100 years ago, before the technology, before all these mega uh, big tech giants and, and what we have today, um, that's very interesting. And thank you for reminding us of that history. And by the way, very interesting and clever that they changed the uh, uh, Lucifer publishing company to Lucius Trust, right? A little, little less obvious, right? <laughs> Yeah, that was, that was a smart move. Yeah, yep. <laughs> loser for publishing was just you know, slightly uh, too much of a giveaway <laughs> for people. But I mean, if you look into these people's religion, it is satanic to the core. And yep. we just need to be honest. They, they think Lucifer is wonderful. They think Lucifer is this wonderful liberator who brought light to mankind and knowledge. Um, and, you know, our God, the true God, the creator of the heavens and the earth is portrayed as this wicked, oppressive dictator uh, who just wanted to keep us in ignorance and, and darkness imprisoned in this garden. And of course, as Christians, we know that that's simply ludicrous, right? They've got the story backwards, but this is what these people believe. And they mm -hmm. believe that Christians are standing in the way of this wonderful human evolution to, uh, you know, different things. They call it the new age or the fifth dimension and things like this. And what you'll find, David, is that these people tend to congregate around the educational system. And that's true to this day. Mm. Wow. And so, well, they know influence. Before technology, how were people with any agenda, whether it be for good or in this case for evil, how were they able to reach a great amount of people or a large amount of people or as many people as possible if it's not in a book, in a written form, it is through education or the media. But this, let's just say, this was before television even, right? Before radio. Right. We're going back before television and radio. How did they reach people? Well, it had to be in writing or educating young children. So children have been the goal. I mean, you go to, you know, communist nations, you go to people like Hitler and you read that history. They're trying to reach the youngest of kids and really indoctrinate or program them. This is something that we've seen, and now we're seeing it in this new level of their search for the or their quest for the new world order. And this is in transhumanism now. They're trying to get it to the kids. I think you made a very good point that adults won't go for it. We like the idea of convenience, but most of us are not going to get a chip put in, right? I should certainly hope so. Yep, and uh, you know that—that's why they're targeting the kids. Yeah. They know, just like uh, Hitler knew, just like Stalin knew, that if you want to market um, a terrible new idea, um, you've got to find impressionable young minds, and uh, that's why they focused on education and, and targeting the youth. It's um, very clear we've got a hundred years worth of. Um, uh, history now to show that that's what tyrants and lunatics and, and Luciferians do. They go yes. for the kids. Yes. And this is what they've done as we transition now into our next topic. This is what they've done with climate fear. They've been putting, you know, whether it's global warming, global cooling, climate change, or the environmental, uh, save the earth, save the planet, right? They're teaching kids to be fearful that we might not even be here. The world might not exist in 12 years if we don't get this thing under control. And so they're propagating fear. And we're talking about now the UN uh, Global Climate Summit that you wrote about recently in a brand new article at The New American. So uh, again, Alex, we're at three minutes left in this segment. Give us a little bit of an intro to uh, how the whatever you want to spin the Biden administration you know, cozying up to China and they're decimating the U.S. economy at the same time. However you want to introduce this article, and we will dive into this topic in a couple minutes. Well, uh, this is the planned uh, collapse, the controlled demolition of the United States economy. And uh, with our economy will go, of course, our military, national security, and all the rest of it. 
Um, this is very strategic. Uh, it, it's not about global warming. Um, it, it's not even about the, their hypothesis. Uh, and you can prove that just by looking at what they're doing, right? Uh, wh- why is it good to have more CO2 emissions in China uh, and, and less in America if CO2 emissions are your concern, right? Then you'd want more production in America because there'd be less CO2. So this is um, a very, very nefarious scheme to uh, rearrange the world, really. And uh, we're now entering the final stages of it. Uh, I've been going to these UN climate summits for over a decade. I did not go this year because, again, I'm not willing to risk uh, uh, getting stuck in a quarantine camp or a a happy, fun COVID camp, I think they call them now, (laughs) uh, or being forced to take these injections. But, folks, uh, this is bad news. And on the other side of the break, I'll tell you about some of my experiences at these places. Um, It is absolutely evil what's going on here it's you know it's not um it's not cute it's not funny it's not about climate change no. uh what's happening here is an absolutely wicked agenda yes. um and and you can show it it's based on lies. Mm-hmm. it's it's dangerous and like you said i agree it is evil and so when we come back from our break we're going to talk about this biden spoke there the u.n climate change conference 2021 Uh, The big news you say in your article, I'll just put this teaser out there before we take our break out of the latest United Nations Climate Summit is the Biden administration agreed. I like the way you word this to further decimate the U.S. economy and force America to become even more dependent on communist Chinese, quote, green industries. So we're going to ask Alex Newman when we come back. um, China must be going green then, right? They must be all in for this, right? If if uh, we Americans or people in the West have to focus on China and be reliant on them, they must have it down. But no, that's not the case. So we're going to also talk about the hypocrisy of Hollywood, the global elites, and those who are touting this environmentalist propaganda. More with Alex Newman in just a minute on Stand Up For The Truth. Thank you for listening and sharing today's show via StandUpForTheTruth.com slash podcast. Now, back to Stand Up For The Truth. Here's David Fiorazzo. We're with Alex Newman today, and I'm looking at a picture of Joe Biden speaking at the— I'm just I'm surprised he was standing up. He was able to stand up for through his whole speech. But he's there at the UN Climate Change Conference in the UK. And um, the article title is UN COP26 Boosting China advancing globalist lockdown. So they're going to kind of bring this all together. I remember Mark Morano was talking about that, that they're going to try to use uh, climate change lockdowns. So Alex Newman, uh, I just teased before we took a break the fact that you said the Biden administration has agreed in, in you know simpler terms to really decimate the U.S. economy and force America to be more dependent on China. How does that work? And can you explain it just step by step as we go through your article? Yeah, uh, very happy to, David. And the the simple thing to understand here is that uh, this Paris Agreement, so-called, and I was at the U.N. summit in Paris when they negotiated this, and I went to go ask the Chinese uh, communist dictatorship some questions. I went to their booth (laughs) and uh, they responded by sending one of their loser agents to follow me and my colleague around with a camera snapping pictures of us. I kid you not. Wow. Um, We ended up having to report them to uh, the French police and the French police said, oh, we can't do anything. That's U.N. territory. Sorry. So we reported them to U.N. security. They're like, yeah, that's troubling, but they all have diplomatic immunity. So there's nothing we can do. Sorry. Um, That gives you some sense of what's going on here. But what they agreed was basically and this, you know, this began under Obama and now it's continuing under Biden 
They said, look, uh, the U.S. government is going to, I should say, the executive branch of the U.S. government (laughs) is going to decimate our energy industry. Uh, We're going to make it uh, very difficult to get oil out of the ground unless that oil is coming out of Saudi Arabia or Venezuela or some other dictatorship that we want to send money to. Uh, We're going to make it very difficult to get energy in America. We're going to cause energy prices to skyrocket. That, of course, is going to cause uh, a bunch of our production to shut down. Right. Uh, Imagine you're a businessman and you've got a factory in America and you want to have a factory in America, but your energy prices are going through the roof. And then you look over at China and all your competitors are moving to China because they have cheap, reliable coal fired energy. You say, huh, if I want to stay in business, I guess I got to move my factory to China. Wow. Uh, And so that is what happened. Uh, The U.S. government agreed we're going to keep adding these regulations. We're going to keep driving the price of energy upwards. We're going to keep regulating industries to death. While China agreed, hey, um, you know, maybe in 15 years we'll possibly think about peaking our emissions. In other words, they'll, they'll stop going up at that point. But in the meantime, uh, we are going to continue building coal-fired pl- power plants faster than you can shut down yours uh, because all the new factories that are coming from America to China need energy, right? Uh, and so just to give people some numbers here, Communist China already emits more carbon dioxide into the atmosphere than the United States the European Union, India, and Russia combined. Wow. Okay. One unit of economic output in China is associated with drastically more CO2 emissions than that same unit of output here in the United States. And yet under the guise of stopping CO2 emissions, and, and I should clarify that there's absolutely nothing wrong with CO2. Uh, in fact, I interviewed Trump's climate advisor, and he said the planet was starving for more CO2. This was Dr. William Happer of uh, Princeton University. He said uh, plants are designed, was his word, to live in an atmosphere with four to five times as much CO2 uh, as we have currently. So, you know, just to be clear, I don't begrudge the Chinese their CO2 emissions. In fact, I encourage it. I encourage everybody, you know, try to release as much CO2 as possible. It's good for the planet. But their premise, their hypothesis is that CO2 is dangerous, toxic, terrible pollution, that if we pay a tax to the United Nations and shut it down in the U.S. and let it be coming out of China, uh, we'll somehow save the planet. So very bizarre. But if you truly believe that CO2 is dangerous, toxic, deadly pollution, your goal should be to have less CO2, not more. Well, if you shut down industries in America and ship them over to China, you're going to end up with more CO2. So that's how you know this is a fraud being played on Americans. They're shutting down our industry under the guise of stopping CO2 emissions, knowing full well there will be more CO2 emissions when those factories are shipped to China. This is an attack on the United States, plain and simple, and nothing else. You also mentioned even the New York Times revealed that shortly after the climate summit, Hunter Biden, uh, the president's son, who is covered, completely covered by the mainstream media, not meaning reported on, but I mean they cover for him. He played a key role in handing Beijing one of the world's biggest cobalt mines. Why is that important, Alex? Well, one of the things that they're doing by shutting down our energy industry, shutting down um, our our broader industries, is they're making us dependent on what they call green energy technology. So that is, um, you know, electric cars, windmills, solar panels, and and garbage like that. Now, first of all, I should point out, none of these things are economically viable. Uh, If they were economically viable, they wouldn't need to force us to use them. They wouldn't need to uh, use huge subsidies to make it possible to use them because the economy would say, hey, why should we pay more money for hydrocarbon energy when we get cheaper energy from the sun or from the wind? Right. So just to be clear, this is unreliable. It's uneconomical. It is wealth destruction on a massive scale. 
But compounding the error here, David, is the fact that China dominates these industries. They dominate yep. the, the uh, rare earth mineral sector, which is absolutely critical to all these so-called green technologies. Ninety-something percent of these minerals come out of China because the EPA and the federal government has shut down all of our mining activities here in the United States. So they're making us even more dependent on communist China by forcing us to use all these silly green technologies that are really just green for the, the uh, crony investors making all the money. Um, they are forcing us to become even more dependent on China. And it turns out Hunter Biden and I'm sure the big guy, that would be Joe Biden, are laughing all the way to the bank. Let's go back. So you mentioned Biden and you mentioned uh, these uh, energy alternatives, right? Uh, green energy failures is what we know they are. Joe Biden, I believe it was in 2009, he said, we have to spend more money to keep from going bankrupt. And they put all this money into these uh, green energy companies. I remember because I wrote on this, you probably wrote, wrote on this at the time, um, gosh, 12 years ago or more. Um, it was these Obama-Biden-backed solar companies, Solar Trust. Uh, one was Solyndra. That was a oh, big yeah. uh, That was a big one. Can you remind us what happened? I think they had a $535 million uh, loan guarantee from the stimulus that the O'Biden administration at that time passed. Give us a little update so, to bring us up to speed on some of those green energy failures, Alex. Well, Solyndra was one of the big ones, uh, at least one of the big ones that, where they got caught. <laughs> but uh, they, yes. they, had, uh, they, they flushed half a billion taxpayer dollars down the drain on this fake solar company. Uh, the FBI ended up raiding the place and, and seizing all the records, but it was one of Obama's big donors and cronies. Mm -hmm. And so yep. absolutely nothing happened, which yep. is very typical. And what you look is the people promoting this agenda the hardest, they're all making a fortune. And some of them quite ironically are making a fortune on coal. Uh, you know, Steve, uh, what's his name? Uh, Steyer, Tom Steyer, is it? Um, or Paul, one of these big uh, green energy billionaires out in California is making a killing on these uh, green energy investments in the United States because the government is subsidizing it all. But then you look at um, his investments in China, and he's all invested in coal mining and coal power plants and all the rest of it. So CO2 emissions are only bad for America. They're great for communist China. Uh, unbelievable what's going on here. And yeah, these people are laughing all the way to the bank. And they know it's not true, right? Obama, the Obamas just bought a, a mega McMansion on Martha's Vineyard right on the ocean, a couple feet above sea level. Wow. If these clowns really believed that the sea was going to you know, drown us all, they wouldn't be doing that, right? They'd be trying to offload this stuff on suckers who didn't believe in their precious global warming theory. But they're not. So let's just bring people up, remind people that Solyndra went bankrupt a couple of years later at the time, 2011. And uh, Media Research Center did a study and about half of Americans had no idea about the scandal, who Solyndra was, what happened and where the money from the Obama-Biden stimulus went. So that's just a little history on this. But Alex, back to your article, you say that the models making these forecasts of temperature change based on CO2 output are an international laughingstock with a track record of always being wrong. So why aren't more people skeptical about this green energy, this green movement, the climate change agenda? Well, you've got a big part of the population that doesn't care at all. 
right? <laughs> they, they don't watch yeah. the news because they don't care. They, this is all just, you know, off in the distance. They're worried about football. They're worried about, you know, getting a six pack and whatever. Uh, they're not worried about any of this stuff. And so you can just count them out. Then uh, of the people who actually even follow what's going on, people who remotely care what the government is doing with their money and their name, uh, you've got a big segment of them. And it's hard to know exactly what percentage, but uh, you know, probably at least a third. Uh, I don't know. I, I just I had to throw a number out there who are still stuck uh, watching and believing the fake media, CNN, CBS, ABC. I'll even throw Fox News in that category. Uh, so of the people who are paying attention, you've got a big segment of them who are misinformed. Uh, and of the people who are paying attention and know that the man-made global warming hypothesis is a fraud and a hoax, um, most of them are right now distracted with, you know, the COVID. Yep. They're trying to inject our kids with poison. They're, they're, they're worried about, you know, my job is being destroyed. I can't open up my small business because of the lockdown. So they don't have time to think about the global warming hoax. And so that leaves the number of people who can fight on this battlefront uh, very, very small. Uh, and that's how they've been able to steamroller over us. Uh, wow. They've got billions of dollars at their disposal and tax money. We've got uh, the truth. <laughs> you know, it's a, uh, so it, you know, it's an unfair battle for us because we've got the truth on our side. But their their global warming models are beyond pathetic, David. Uh, they, they had uh, 73 climate models that they had created, the UN did. And every single one of them predicted massive and accelerating warming as CO2 concentrations increased in the atmosphere. Well, CO2 concentrations increased. Uh, not only did we not see any warming, it just stayed flat. In some on some models, it got even a little bit colder. Yep. So you cannot tell me that this was an honest mistake. If it was an honest <laughs> mistake, we'd expect to see half of them over, half of them under. Yep. Uh, and I tell people, not even kidding, you could give a monkey a, a set of dice, and the monkey could roll the dice, and the monkey would have a much better track record of predicting future climate than the UN and all their silly supercomputer models. <laughs> I, I just got to, I just, I, I know I got a picture in my head of a monkey and then some of the uh, global elites, uh, the UN, but you say, you say <laughs> after the climate summit, you say this, and I've just got to share this is one of the most creative ways to remind people of the hypocrisy that, that uh, has to be pointed out. I think um, virtually every speaker and political bigwig declared that the summit was the last chance to save the planet from destruction. And then you say, Everyone involved agreed that the planet was not quite saved yet and that more expensive CO2 spewing meetings would be required for years to come, preferably in exotic locations with good airports so the private jets can find parking. Uh, Alex, before we got on the air, I, I shared with you um, just my struggles with trying to find new ways to explain this to people because the media covers for them. And so I, I thank you for that laugh. But I just want to jump to another part since we've got like four minutes left here. You say without consulting Congress. Now, this is important now, which Congress must approve all expenditures. But the Biden administration pledged to hand over nearly $12 billion a year for this global slush fund, the Green Climate Fund, without consulting Congress. Can you share a little bit about that? Yeah, so the Green Climate Slush Fund is a critical part of this whole scam because they, they need a way to bribe third world governments um, and kleptocrats to come into this agenda. Right? A lot of them have an interest in allowing their people to prosper because that means more tax money and they can buy nicer mansions and hire more troops to protect them and things like that. Uh, so a lot of them have an interest. They want their people to lift themselves up out of poverty so that everybody can be richer. But then you've got these, these corrupt Western elites saying, oh, no, 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 no. Uh, energy is bad for the planet. So uh, you need to make sure your people can never have any reliable electricity. You need to keep them living in desperate poverty. 
And we know you don't necessarily want to do that. So here, we've got this big green climate slush fund. And look, we're going to send you $2 billion per year. You know, pretend like you're using it for global warming stuff. We really don't care what you do with it. Uh, but, uh, you know, just play along with the agenda. And uh, and so what happens? That's how they buy all these kleptocrats. And we've got WikiLeaks documents proving that this is what's going on. Um, I ran into uh, Mohammed Nasheed. He was the president of the Maldives at one of these climate summits uh, and talked to him about this. And he a, a total liar. He said, oh, my country's going to go under the waves and the sea level's rising, blah, blah, blah. Sea level was not rising. <laughs> then we got the WikiLeaks document showing that the U.S. State Department and the European Union offered him huge money to build himself a deep water port if he would play along with this wow. fraud. What do you need a deep water port for if your country's going to be underwater? Of course you don't. It's a fraud, David. It's a fraud. Mm. And you wrap up the article. By the way, it's an extensive article we'll post today at StandUpForTheTruth.com. And it's on UNCOP26, Boosting China, Advancing Globalist Lockdown. And you wrap it up uh, by saying it will be up to Congress as well as state and local governments to stand in the way and interpose on behalf of their constituents. Alex, uh, it, it takes people to get involved, to share the truth. Uh, whether we are censored or not, we've got to continue fighting the good fight, don't we, brother? Absolutely, folks. And now would be a real good time to get involved if you haven't been yet. Uh, for God, for your country, for your children, um, don't let the totalitarians win. Amen. Brother, Merry Christmas. And by the way, happy birthday. It's your birthday week. Uh, God bless you, and I hope to talk to you again in the new year, Alex. Thank you, brother. God bless you as well, and Merry Christmas. All right, thank you. Alex Newman, when we come back, actually, we're not going to come back. We're going to just close out right here. I'm so used to saying that. Monday, Pastor and Dr. J.B. Hickson is with us. Matt Truella, another troublemaker, will be with us on Tuesday. You will hear from pro-life speaker and advocate Seth Gruber on Wednesday. Jim Fletcher will be talking about Israel on Thursday. And creationist Russ Miller next Friday. Thank you guys again. Merry Christmas. God bless you. And as always, keep speaking the truth about things that matter.